Welcome to North Park Church. If this is your first online experience, I'm Pastor Anthony, and you made our day when you logged on today. Thanks for giving us the opportunity once again to come into your home as we dive into the Word of God. As we enter into part three of the series, Love Like You've Never Been Hurt, why don't you secure your Bible and maybe something to take notes with? If you're on your YouVersion Bible app, go ahead and hit the menu button, go to live events, type in North Park Church, and all of today's scriptures and notes are gonna be right there for you. It's our honor to be with you today. Let's dive into the Word of God together. I wanna take you on a journey back in time. The year is 1985 in the year of our Lord, and I'm in the fifth grade gym class. And class is divided into factions and they're being led by team captains and they're stacking their armies to go to war on a kickball battlefield. And one after another, these students are drafted. And obviously the popular kid goes first and, and then it's the athletic kids and then it's the pretty girls. And there I stand and the only thing that I can remember going through my mind is pick me pick me don't be last don't be last now I'm not gonna tell you if I was last or not because I don't want you to look at me that way and feel sorry for me the rest of this message all I can tell you was I was in the marching band but that same feeling I've held on to that in so many other areas of my life I get nervous at the DMV waiting for my number to be called. I don't want to be last. I don't want to be rejected. I don't want to be passed over. If I'm sitting at a restaurant in the waiting area, remember when we used to do that? We'd go into a restaurant and wait to get a table. Now we just go through the drive through line or we just walk in and pick it up and leave. I have that same feeling. I'm sitting there thinking, pick me, pick me, pick me. Don't be last. Don't be last. Maybe you know that feeling. Not because you were passed over in gym class, but you were passed over. No matter who you are, someone is going to wound you. Someone is going to hurt you. Someone is going to say hurtful things about you. Somebody's going to let you down. The chances are they already have. And so as a result, we often feel as if we just don't measure up. We don't live up to someone's expectations. I'm confident that the answer to every situation you face in any relationship, and remember, in this series, we're not just talking about romantic relationships or even family relationships, but relationships on your job, your neighbor, people that you go to school with. This information applies to all of our relationships. And the answer to any situation that you face is love like you've never been hurt. And I realize, I get it, there's some things and decisions that we have to make in order to get there, right? So loving like we've never been hurt, that's the goal. But for me to get there, there's a few decisions I have to make. There's a few steps that I have to take in order to get there. That's why last week we talked about how important it is that you love yourself, right? Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. If you don't have a healthy view of yourself, if you don't see yourself the way God sees you, how are you ever going to love others the way God loves you if you don't receive the love of God? Next week, we're going to specifically talk about how to love other people even when they've hurt you.
But today, I want you to zoom in and zero in on this thought. We've got to love God like we've never been hurt. We've got to love God like we've never been hurt. If we're honest, if you're honest, if I'm honest, we've gone through things in our life that have left us with this feeling that we don't even measure up spiritually. So how do we respond to the love of God when we don't feel worthy to receive the love that He offers to us? If that's you, I want to offer you a very encouraging verse of Scripture from Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3. Long ago, the Lord said to Israel, I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love, with unfailing love. Check out this word picture. I have drawn you to myself. Now, this was a statement that God spoke over Israel, but the love it describes is God's love for every believer. That's the kind of love that God has for you. That statement was spoken over Israel, but the love it describes is God's love for every believer. It's God's love for you, and it's God's love for me. And here's what I want you to know about God's love. It doesn't force you to make a decision. Instead, it draws us in love and draws us in compassion. Pastor Charles Spurgeon said, the master magnet of the gospel it isn't fear, it's love. The thing that compels people, the thing about the love of God that's magnetic, it's not driven by fear, it's driven by love. And he goes on to say, we are drawn to Christ rather than driven. That's very different. You're not driven to Him. You aren't forced to make a decision, but you are drawn to Him by the love of Jesus. The New King James Version puts it this way, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love, therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. I love the word loving kindness. It's actually translated unfailing care. Think about that. God's love for you is unfailing. God cares for you. And I get it. We all doubt at one time or another God's love for us. Maybe you've made some decisions or you've done some things and as a result of that, you doubt God's love for you. We've all been there because we know us. We know ourselves. We know the times when we've lost our temper. We, we know the mistakes that we've made. And since we know that God witnesses every moment of our lives, Maybe we fear that He doesn't love us as much as He would if we were the kind of people who prayed more or we read our Bibles more or we didn't have to ask for forgiveness so much. Maybe God would love me more if I was more like this person, but I'm not. And so we have this voice inside our head that's constantly reminding us, you're not going to get picked. You're, you're not ever going to measure up. If you've got that voice inside your head that's condemning you, let me just say, that is not the voice of the Holy Spirit. In fact, there is nothing holy about that voice at all. At all. When, when I read in my Bible about Jesus and the people that He hung out with and the way that He loved them, He did it through their failures. He did it through their, 
their mistakes and the choices that they made. He didn't push them away, but instead he drew them to himself by offering them love, grace, mercy, and forgiveness. There's even this one time when, when the disciples were very angry because there were people who didn't welcome Jesus. And so their response was, hey, why don't we just pray down fire from heaven to destroy anybody who doesn't welcome you? How did Jesus handle that? I mean, think about that. That was stubbornness. It was foolishness. That's not the way followers of Jesus, especially his disciples, should be acting. But here's what Jesus did. He corrected their crazy idea, and then he just moved on to a new town and made new friends. And despite all of the ways that Jesus' friends got it wrong. I love this. They were still His people. And no matter how bad you mess it up, and no matter how bad I mess it up, no matter how wrong we may be, we're still His people. They were called because they were loved, and they were invited because they were wanted. That's good. Let me say that again. You are called because you are loved and you are invited. You were chosen because you are wanted. Their value wasn't dependent on their behavior or their performance. Instead, their value was based on their identity as a child of God. If I'm vulnerable with you, it took me a long time to understand that one thought. Because in my mind, my value was based on my behavior and my performance. And if my behavior wasn't great, then I didn't feel my value was very high. If my performance wasn't great for God, if I didn't check all the boxes that I was supposed to check as a good Christian guy, then all of a sudden, in my mind, my value wasn't very high. And I had to understand what the Bible says about me as a son of God, right? As his son, we're sons and daughters of the king. I had to get an understanding of who I was in Christ. I had to wrap my mind around my identity in him. And so let me just speak that over you. The same applies to you. Your worth isn't based on your performance. Your worth is tied to Jesus. It's all about who you are in Christ. Now, that fact, it keeps us humble when we're on the mountain, right? But it also lifts us up when we've hit rock bottom. Now, I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what you're facing. But you've come too far to collapse. You've come too far to fail. You've come too far to break down. And you've come too far to give up. Let me encourage you with three truths. And I encourage you to speak these over your life every day. Write them down so you can refer back to them. These are powerful. Here's the first one. You are doing better than you think. You are doing better than you think. I know you have issues. So do I. You may be struggling with unforgiveness. You may have trouble reconciling a relationship that's important to you. You may be a long way from where you want to be. I love the thought that I'm not where I want to be, but thank God I'm not who I used to be. And so sure, you're not where you want to be, but here you are. Here you are in this online worship experience. You're wanting to make a difference. 
You're coming to God for help. You're asking the Holy Spirit to help you change. And don't forget, North Park, it's a place where nobody's perfect. And we are all accepted. You are accepted. And here's the thing. We are being transformed by the Holy Spirit. We are all in process. If you don't like what you see when you look at me, man, don't give up. Don't don't check out on me because God's not through with me yet. In 1965, there was a group called The Birds, and they wrote this song called Turn, Turn, Turn. Here's some of the lyrics. To everything, turn, turn, turn. There is a season, say it with me, turn, turn, turn. And a time to every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to reap, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to laugh, and even a time to weep. Now, if you're a Birds fan, I hate to break it to you, they completely ripped off King Solomon on that song. That wasn't their lyrics original. That is straight from Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And King Solomon describes 28 different seasons in life. Like the song says, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to laugh, a time to cry, a time to dance, a time to mourn, on and on and on. But here's the thing. The one time that I do not see in Scripture is a time to give up. There is no time to give up. I don't know how tough things may be in your life right now, but let me just remind you, it is not a time to quit. I have a friend in my life who has traveled with us and spoken in schools all over Eastern Carolina, and he always speaks to students and shares this truth. Great things happen to people who don't give up. You're doing better than you think you are. Here's the second thing. You matter more than you think. You matter more than you think. It's easy to get discouraged when you're trying to do the right thing and everything seems to still be going wrong. This morning I was reading my Bible in Matthew chapter 11 and I started reading about John the Baptist. Uh, John the Baptist was kind of the front runner for Jesus, right? He came before Jesus and, and, and prepared the way for Jesus. He, he started preaching that, that there was one coming be behind him that would, would change their life. And, and he was a pioneer preacher. And so then Jesus comes on the scene and Jesus told everyone that, that they could experience freedom from from their sin if they would accept him into their life and and here's the cool thing john got the wonderful privilege of actually baptizing jesus and he was there when that voice from heaven was heard that said this is my son and whom i'm well pleased john was right there talk about being in the room where it happened he was right there but later he found himself in prison Later, he found himself alone, weak, and very discouraged. People made fun of him. They rejected him. They even called him crazy. And so here we are in Matthew chapter 11, and John's not out preaching. John's not baptizing Jesus. John's not walking with the crowds that are applauding everywhere that Jesus goes. Instead, John is in prison waiting his execution. And he's hoping for a word of encouragement. And so he sends some people 
out to Jesus to ask a question. Listen to the question. Are you the Messiah we've been expected, or should we keep looking for someone else? What is that question? It's a question of discouragement. I mean, he's been preaching, he's been the front runner, he baptized Jesus, heard God speak from heaven, but now he's sitting here doubting. Why? Because even though he's doing the right thing, the wrong thing keeps happening. And surely in his mind, if this is Jesus, if this is really the Messiah, I wouldn't be in this position right now. And so like you and like me, he's struggling. He's doubting. And so he sends this message out to Jesus. And Jesus' response is this. Verse 4, go back to John and tell him what you've heard, what you've seen. The blind see and the lame walk and the lepers are cured. The deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. And tell him, God blesses those who don't turn away because of me. So these disciples go back, and they give John that message. Now, I don't know if that was encouraging to John or not. It was reassurance. But look what happens next. I wish John could have heard what Jesus said immediately following that. Because as those disciples are leaving and they're going back to John, verse 7 says, Jesus begins talking about John to the crowds. And he says, what kind of man did you go into the wilderness to see? Talking about John. Was he a weak reed swayed by every breath of the wind? Or were you expecting to see a man dressed in expensive clothes? No. People with expensive clothes live in palaces. Were you looking for a prophet? Yes. And here it is. Listen to what he says. And he is more than a prophet. John is the man to whom the scriptures refer. Look, I'm sending a messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way before you. Look at verse 11. I will tell you the truth. Of all who have ever lived, none is greater than John the Baptist. You know, John never heard those words, but they were still true. What Jesus was saying was, John, I just wish you could see what I see. I wish you could see through my eyes and you would recognize that you matter more than you think. And he is saying the same thing about you today. You may be sitting in a very difficult season of your life. All the wrong things are happening, even though you're doing it the right way. But you matter more than you think. You are not a failure. Even though you may have failed at something, doesn't mean you are a failure. You are not weak. You are not a loser. You are not insignificant. You matter more than you think. Here's the third thing. Don't give up on God because He has never given up on you. That's how you love God like you've never been hurt. You don't give up on Him because He's never given up on you. Just because you may not understand the path you were traveling right now, doesn't mean that God's not leading you. He may not give us every answer that we want so desperately, but He will always give us His promises. So choose to trust. Choose to believe. I want to speak some powerful truths over your life today. So whatever you're doing, just stop for a moment. Even if you're on a treadmill, just reach up and hit the pause button. If you've got a fork in your hand, let's put it down for a second. If you've got your phone, let's just put it away for a second. Let's zero in. Because I want you to let these things soak into your spirit today. Here's the first thing. According to Psalm 23, He will comfort you in all of your trouble. 
according to Philippians 4, 19, God will meet all of your needs. According to Isaiah 42 and verse 16, He will turn your darkness into light and make straight your crooked paths. There may be pain in the night, but according to Psalm 30 and 5, joy comes in the morning. God will not forsake you, according to Psalm 9, verse 10. He will repay you for the years the enemy has destroyed, according to Joel chapter 2, verse 25. And I love this one. No weapon formed against you shall prosper, according to Isaiah 54 and 17. I know there may be some storms. And I know there may be some pain. But no matter what this season brings, you can trust Him because He is a God who can always be trusted. And my prayer for you today is that you would love God like you've never been hurt. Let me pray for you today. Father, I thank you so much for our church family. And I know that we go through seasons that bring pain, that bring strained relationships, bring hurt. But I pray for peace that passes our ability to understand it today. And I pray that you would help us to understand who we are in you. And I pray that we would hold on to you in those moments where we just want to throw up our hands and give up. Lord, help us to be reminded today Lord, that you are there even when we don't always see your hand at work. It doesn't mean you're not working. Even though we don't always feel your presence, it doesn't mean that you aren't there. You said you would never leave us, you'd never forsake us, you'd be with us to the very ends of the earth. And I pray, Lord, if there's one person today that hasn't made a decision to follow you, they've not said yes to you, I pray that they would just pray this simple prayer that says, Jesus, I invite you into my heart and I ask you to wash me, cleanse me, and set me free. Give me strength to live for you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You matter to God and you matter to us. And so we'd love to pray with you about any need that you have in your life. If you have a special request, why don't you hit the prayer request button on our website? God honors bold prayer and bold prayer honors God. And so we wanna join with you and pray over you, your life and your family. And we also wanna give you an opportunity to be a great steward of what God has placed in your hands and to invest in the mission to build lifelong followers of Jesus as we pastor our city. And so you can do that by going to North Park RDU and hitting the online giving button. We thank you so much for your continued generosity, even in the middle of uncertain times. Thanks so much for giving us this chance today. We love you and we can't wait to see you again face to face.